Welcome back to the Spock the Week archives. I'm one of your hosts, JJ the Albert Android, and if you're new to the podcast, welcome, and if you are joining us once again, glad to see you back. Each week in Season 1, we are bringing you our archived episodes from our YouTube channel in podcast form, so you can listen to us on the go, however you like, wherever you like. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hi, this is Sean Ferrick from Trek Culture. You are listening to Spock the Week podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another, yes, yet another episode of Spock the Week with myself and, as always, my good friend and co-host, Gregor Cameron. Gregor, how are you doing today? Um, I hate you. (laughs) Oh. I I had to watch an episode of Discovery as part of this today. Oh, yes. This was your chosen topic, so I hate you. Well, me do that. by popular vote um, on Twitter and on our Facebook page as well, we had the two most popular versions of Pike were the Disco Pike and J.J. Abrams' version of Pike. But we'll be talking about all versions of Pike because this is a quickfire discussion. Well, me personally, I enjoyed doing the discussions about the movies. We're going to do the same thing, but we're going to do them with the characters. So we've got something we can talk about forever and ever and eternity because there's just so much we now have a content base, which is brilliant. And we're going to get some days like today where Gregor <laughs> is seething. I mean, you'll watch as the show goes on, ladies and gentlemen, how much he shit and squirms and he's resisting the temptation to go off into full Gregor mode. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to go further in this episode, viewer discretion is advised. Let's talk about Captain Pike. Now, obviously, Gregor, you are, uh, your personal opinions uh, sit nicely into the way we're going to do this. And we're going to start at the beginning with the original Pike from the original series. So with that in mind, let's uh, let's hear it from you, Gregor. What's uh, What do you think of the original Pike? Well, I mean, the, the Cage is a pretty good episode. Uh, it's a very interesting episode. There's a lot of um, themes in it. And when we first meet um, Pike, as played by Jeffrey Hunter, he's got the world on his shoulders. He's tired of the responsibility of the life and death decisions that he has to make. Um, and he has a chat, I can't remember the doctor's name in the episode, but he's a chat with the doctor, and he's pretty much at the, the end of his terror, and he's not seen any, any way forward or any future for himself in Starfleet. Um, so quite a different captain from the one that we got later in Kirk. Very different captain. And it was an interesting episode to watch what happened to Pike um, when the Tolosians got inside his head, and he met Fina, and you know, he sort of reconciled himself that ultimately he was doing, you know, it was good, to, that he was doing good, that he was a good captain. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's overall probably the Pike that had the most depth of all the Pike. I'm not a huge fan of the original series. I know, shocker, but I don't dislike them. Uh, I've just never really sat down and properly watched them all. I watch them every now and again, but I do have to say that the original Pike uh, played by Jeffrey Hunter. I did. I do enjoy that particular version of of Pike. Do I, you know? Would would Star Trek have gone the way it did if they'd have continued on with 
Jeffrey Hunter and Pike? Or would, well, uh, you know, I mean, would, it, I think... would it have gone the way it's gone? I mean, it was... Oh, great... Jeffrey, Jeffrey Hunter, I mean, there's a, there's a bit of irony there in that Jeffrey Hunter had his own mental health issues that culminated with his suicide shortly after mm-hmm. he filmed that. Um, so it's somewhat, somewhat ironic that he was mentally in a, a bad place at the beginning of, of The Cage. So we'll never know, and then there's the whole story about what all the changes that the studio wanted between the first pilot and the second pilot. Um, I think was it uh, they said it was too cerebral for the uh, yeah. intended audience. I, I disagree with. I honestly, genuinely disagree with that. Like you say, the irony is, is that we even if even if they had continued, we never would have found out what it would be like anyway. God rest him. It's I genuinely liked that first episode of the original series because it was very intellectually stimulating. You know, you had to. It was a lot going on there. It was a lot of uh, stuff and. Beautifully played, beautifully played by uh, Jeffrey Hunter there. So yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I would have loved to have seen more, which in in a small way is why I'm kind of glad we're getting Strange New Worlds. Okay, yes, it's it's a uh, it's a new it's a modern take on it. It's a new actor, but it's the character of Pike. So if it's done properly, we will see what would have happened had we continued with Christopher Pike in the original series, maybe. But We'll get on to more onto that a little bit later on, which I'm looking forward to. I don't think Gregor is particularly, but he's one thing we have to say is that he's even before Discovery, I've spoken with a lot of people who really have a soft spot for the character of Pike, which I think, to be perfectly honest with you, as far as a, uh, the creation of the character and the, the, the actor who played him, that says a lot. Because officially, you've, as the act, you've only got the one, the really the one episode where you really get a depth of, you know, where you really get the character, which is the the pilot episode, the Kate. So I think it says a lot about the character um, that it has such a good um, following just by one episode. Um, I mean, there are other characters out there that were in one, two episodes that have like them and that. So it's not just pike but it says a lot it really says a lot and i think to be honest with you i think me personally i think it was a i don't think it was a mistake to change it out because it look at what it look at what it did you know we can look back at it retrospectively and say okay fair enough we're here now because of what happened maybe they should have had that as a back you know as another series another you know well, something well, else you know what i mean it's, it's like easy what but it's easy to have hindsight and it's 50 years later and we've got a whole Star Trek universe because we've had now so many films, so many series and we've got this whole, you know, Star Trek is more than just the original series but back then, you know, they, no one could have envisaged that, that happening. Mm-hmm. It was it was going to be just a, a show that would run for a few seasons and then and then that would be it. So it's easy to, to apply that thinking to hindsight. Well, could they have had a spin-off of thing? But that was certainly not the intention. The idea was to get a show, get through the pilot, and then produce the show. I mean, um, not to, not to take anything away from uh, William Shatner and and Captain Kirk and stuff like that, because you know equally as uh, as good as far as the the whole franchise and fandoms concerned but he's he is a popular character and and that that's something that i find fascinating before we got season two of discovery and we were just we found out that we were going to get christopher pike the reaction was just overwhelming it was like you know wow people were getting really excited about and i have to say in my personal opinion if we didn't have anson mount as christopher pike in discovery season two i don't think it would have been as tolerable for me 
I mean, I know you, I mean, you're not a fan. We, we, we well and truly established that over the, the past eight and, you know, seven or eight episodes. Personally, I think, you know, the character of Pike was a good choice to bring that into Discovery. How they went with it after that, <laughs> that's a different, and like I say, I mean, if I let you have the floor on that one, we'd be here until next Tuesday. <laughs> but where they went with it was, I think, they could have done it a, bit, a little bit better. But, I mean, one of the things we asked uh, through Spot the Week's Twitter page as well was, what episode? So we know what your favourite Pike is. What was your favourite Pike episodes? And there was a couple. New Eden was mentioned. And one, uh, I think it was Captain P- uh, Captain Pikachu um, on Twitter where she was like yeah it's really good I like it because you get to see Pike um, a, a more sort of you know into, uh, theological Pike if you like uh, but she mentioned that jacket the jacket he wears when he goes down to New Eden. I mean, okay. Some people, it's, it's sometimes it's just as simple as that. Sometimes it's when, I mean, like, I love the way that Rain Wilson plays Mud, Harry Mud, yeah. But we'll get onto that on a different episode. But, but and I think, to be honest, Anson Mount rocks pipe. But you don't agree with me on that one, especially, particularly with... No, no, no. See, now, now you're putting words in my mouth. I, I never said that Anson Mount was a bad pike. I think he's he polishes a turd. There's nothing wrong with Anson Mount's performance and not so much his, his persona as Pike. He looks every bit the Starfleet captain that Pike is meant to be. Mm-hmm. As Cornwall says to him early on, you know, you are the very best of Starfleet. He has that persona. However, New Eden's a terrible episode. Absolutely awful episode. I mean, I thought the first episode of Discovery Season 2 was bad until Hold I on. got to the second episode and it was even worse. Hold on. Hold on a minute. It was just Awful. I think some I think absolutely, we, computer, absolutely awful. Black alert. Oh, see, Alex has a black alert. Black alert. I think black we're going alert. to jump to the end of this rant. Black I think alert. because if I let him go on, and well, the, you know, the, the the thing is, right? They originally wanted to portray Pike as a Roman Catholic mm-hmm. in Star Trek in the twenty third century, when we already know that. Oh, just, I mean, Christ. The show created by an atheist about a secular society and they wanted to make Captain Pike a Roman Catholic. It tells you everything you need to know about the writing team. Everything you need to know, you know. There's, there's a lot of elements in that, to be honest with you, in Discovery. And, yeah, if you live your life looking at those and those alone, then you're never really going to get anywhere. But I have to agree. I mean, uh, my understanding of of the um, the future of Star Trek is... But then again, having said that, when we get to the TNG era, you know, religion, war, famine has virtually disappeared. Forgive me, because I'm, like I say, I'm by no means a book-ended Trek geek. I don't know everything there is to know about Trek. But, um, you know, has it really disappeared this early in the Trek timeline? Could it still be a thing? No, no, definitely not. It no. couldn't... Uh, this, this, I just couldn't. I mean, it's never in the. It's just awful. Anyway, can we move on to If Memory Serves? Yes. When I was watching season two of Discovery and hating every single episode, when this episode came out, I thought, actually, this one's not bad. Um, I actually quite enjoyed the episode. And I was actually really dreading it when I knew they were going back to Talos 4. 
because they've successfully managed to shit and everything else that's went before them. So I thought by going back to the pilot, they're going to do a big, massive turd on this one. And I actually thought they did an okay job of it. I, th- but, I, wow, I think, is, yeah. I mean, I think to be honest, this is okay. They, they I'm not did finished. Sort of... I'm not finished. But, what the fuck was that? <laughs> when he said us pens. But I thought you'd scared a triple or something. But as I've said in previous episodes about the Jar Jar Trek movies, they do not stand up to a second viewing. As I've said about Discovery, when I've tried to watch the episodes that I have tried to watch again, they just do not stand up to a second viewing. And I watched earlier today because we were doing this, I watched If Memory Serves. Jesus. Jesus, it was terrible. It was just awful. And well, maybe. Pike, this is the thing with Discovery Pike. We see more of Discovery Pike than we do any other Pike. Okay? And Anson Mink does an excellent job of the persona of Pike. However, as Pike, the character in Discovery, he lets Section 31 shit all over him. He lets Burnham shit all over him. He can't do anything without asking Burnham. Um, it's just awful. He's not a good captain in Discovery. He's not. I don't care what you say. He's not. He can't do anything. He's got to ask Burnham and then do exactly what Burnham says. Um, but he lets Section 31 walk all over him. Um, just, you know, in the menagerie, that pike that's in the wheelchair and the burnt yes. face, and he can't talk and he has the bleeping lights that he does once or twice. He had more depth to him than Discovery Pike. Okay, I think we've He's just... second uh, best Pike. I think we've just lost That's a couple... That's the second best Pike. <laughs> I think we've just lost a couple of viewers there. Um, you feel better for that, Gregor? I'm Is only it... just getting started. It's just <laughs> off. Don't even get me started on Jar Jar Pike. Oh, unfortunately, we are going to have to... We're going to have As, to fall down if, that rabbit hole, I'm afraid. <laughs> If ever there was a character who has disrespected by the people who produce Star Trek these days, it's Pike. Absolutely. I, th- I think, to be honest with you, I think there's there's, there's certain elements um, or sort of like the writing, I think it's more than the, the, the stories, I think, is what lets Pike down in Discovery, I think. Um, I mean, I, I, to be fair, I, I disagree with you a little bit. Um, as far as your analysis of uh, Pike letting Section Thirty One rule all over him, um, I think he's really? just. A, I think I, th- I yeah, I genuinely do disagree with you. I mean, I think it's a case so, of kicking okay. back. Here's a wee scenario for you. Oh, here we go. Section Thirty One place someone on the Enterprise D to observe. Yeah. Okay. How long do you think they'd be on the Enterprise D? Section Thirty One place someone on Voyager to observe. How long do you think they'd be on Voyager? Section 31, place someone on Deep Space Nine, in fact, they did, or they tried to, to observe. How long do you think they'd be there? Do you think Cisco, Jamie and Picard would let Section 31 on the bridge of their ship? Now, here's the thing. See, those scenarios are out of context, personally speaking. Ash Tyler is not just any Section 31 operative. Okay. He has okay. he has history with he's, the discovery. He's a Klingon section thirty-one operator. Right. Okay, but there is there is some there is some um, some history with discovery there. 
and to be fair, there's an element that I get from Ash Tyler as a, that he doesn't fully buy into what Section 31 are trying to do now. He knows what it's Section 31... Tries to tell Pike what to do. Yes, but, Pike what to do. but Pike is playing the game. That's what, honestly, that's what I think. Genuinely, he's playing the game. He's not just going, yes, sir, right, sir, free big filter. No, he is playing the game, picking his just, uh, battles. Uh, it's all, re- it's all relative nonsense. anyway, because the bugger off a couple of thousand years into the future at the end of this. Spoilers, by the way. Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, don't even get me started on the bon. Got that to put up with in two weeks' time. The bon. Jesus. Honestly. Oh, we are definitely going to have to. Earlier, earlier today, I was defrosting my freezer. And I enjoyed that more than watching If Memory Serves. Right, okay. That was better fun. I think we've well and truly established you are not a fan of this. <laughs> oh, I tell you one thing, I am so... I quite liked, I quite liked Anson Mount's Spike until I watched that episode today. And I was like, oh, God. Well, look at, look at it this way, right? Personally, from me, I think um, there are certain elements of the episode that don't quite hold up to scrutiny. Uh, in your case, it's the whole damn thing. But for me, there's a couple of uh, you know little bits. I think, to be honest Chaz, with you, give it, me an example. It's the the whole section thirty one thing. In relative, I mean, first and foremost, they already know where he's going. They're already on his tail. I mean, if section thirty one were really looking, they would have some way of tracking. So there'd be none of this, you know, it's it just how they turn up and it's like, no, I'm sorry, but it's the way in which that's done. I mean, the only criticism I've got about Section 31 is that they have this presence in Discovery where before, in all other previous iterations of Trek, they were exactly what they are described as a clandestine section of Starfleet. And yeah. to be honest with you, there's literally the, the, nothing Discovery. clandestine about it. So and Discovery are the KGB. But like, the... If you ever see the hunt for Red October and they're on the submarine and Sean Connery's a captain, but there's a KGB observer there. That's what they do in Discovery. Mm-hmm. But like I say, if you were wanting to see what somebody was up to, you certainly wouldn't put somebody known to the crew and you wouldn't definitely put somebody on and let them know that they had an observer on. It would be undercover. I mean, okay, it lasted about five minutes or for some people five seconds, but in Star Trek Picard, it, depending on how good you are at working these things out, it takes a little while for the audience to work out that somebody in a high position in Starfleet isn't who they say they are. The uh, dramatic irony of that is that the characters don't know this, and that's 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 where I think that episode, you know, this and other subsequent episodes of Section Thirty One fall down with Discovery is that there's there isn't that dramatic irony. There are there are things we can talk about section thirty one, but we, we'll we, save that for a deep yeah. space nine one yeah. because oh there's a lot to talk about on that once we get further down in deep space nine. Yes, um uh, just uh, for the record, uh, we are currently working on a podcast where I journey through deep space nine, so we will make uh, occasional references to that uh, as we go through our spot of the week episodes. So um keep your eyes peeled for that. But we are, we went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but um so but me, we... me personally, I think it's a great tie-in 
to the an, or at least a nod um a homage if you like to the original pike in this episode in the fact that they go back to Philosia, uh talos 4 they meet the, and by the way i don't know what you think but i genuinely think they did a reasonably good job with the Philosians as far as the 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 the, the design the character design it was sympathetic to the originals um the only thing is, I think that the it, it did look to me on a couple of them that they just had a couple of uh, leftover Klingon prosthetics and just modified them a little bit to make them look like Felosians. But uh, well, well, maybe, but I mean. <laughs> but anyway, by the by the by, the the fact it is, was, it, still, it wasn't their story. They took a fifty-year-old story. No, no, I mean, I don't think they were trying to rehash it. That's that's the fundamental thing. They weren't trying to rehash it, but they were trying to tie it in. Um, I'm, whether you decide, whether you think it was a great, a good way of doing it, was it the right thing? I mean, we clearly, obviously, understand that you don't think it was. I still think it's the best episode of season two, but I just don't think it's very good. But, still the but, best um, but I did like the bit where towards the end of this particular arc within Discovery where Pike sees his future. Um, again, but it's not their story. Again, we know that. <laughs> we, know, we know that. We know that because we watched The Cage and we watched The Menagerie. But that's, yes, but that's the thing. This is the thing with, um, I mean, when the character knows something, we know something and the character doesn't, that's dramatic irony. That's, and... <sighs> Fair enough. It sh- it, that's what should. Uh, that, I think that worked in that respect. Is that Pike didn't know what was going to happen to him, and he's seen what was going to happen to him. Um, I mean that does two things. I mean it it ties us in with the original the original Pike, as in it sort of grounds this Pike into the into the law of um, Trek. Just let me uh, turn that off so that it doesn't go off again. But. Um, Sorry about that, folks. Um, so it ties us in, it grounds this character in. But here's where it could get a little bit dangerous as far as the character of Pike is concerned with Discovery and into uh, the Strange New World series as well, is that they definitely have a defined timeline for this character. Okay, that's where I think we're going to see how well they work this, how good Pike's going to be. And in when somebody's looking back at this in 20, 30, 50 years' time, what will they say about Anson Mount uh, as Pike, or the Discovery era of Pike? Um, personally, like I say, I like him. I do. I, I've, I like the character. I've, I don't think I've got a bad episode. There's a couple of episodes where I'm like, okay, um, I'll be sat watching a Pike episode, a heavy Pike episode, and it's... I'm still listening, I'm still watching the story, but it doesn't have me invested. Um, I think, I have to be honest and say, as much as I do like this episode, it it did have a couple of moments where I did that. I'll be honest. Um I think, to be honest with you, for me, the best episodes were the first couple of episodes where we got introduced to Pike and we've seen Pike on the bridge, getting to know the crew, getting to know the ship. Um, One thing that does, and this is an example of things that I think fall flat, 
um, as far as the character of Pike is concerned, uh, a captain of a flagship starship with, I would assume, who would have pretty high clearance within Starfleet. Uh, I would imagine he would have some knowledge, maybe not of how it works or where it was being done, but he would the, the surprise that and the look on his face like he's never seen Spore Drive before when they jump for the first time with Pike on. I mean, surely he would have been briefed at the very least if he was going on to Discovery to take that on if he was no, but you're just but you're just talking about again the bad writing that's in Discovery because but... there's this ridiculous scene with Cornwall or this ridiculous scenario that Cornwall does when Cornwall meets him and hands over the Enterprise I think the first episode or whatever and yeah you never got to fight the war because you're the best what the, the fuck what you know you're, you're the best of Starfleet so we kept you because uh, you're the best captain and you're in the best ship so we kept you out of the war what the fuck That'd be, like, that? that'd be like the England manager turning around and saying, no, oh, we're going to keep the, you know, he's the best player we've got, so we're going to keep David Beckham on the bench. You know, it's like, I mean, yeah. that's a that's a, his, a historical reference there, but it's... Yeah, it, it's just stupid. You know, just I mean... One of the crazy things that they seem to come out with in this. But, you know, that's like... And as I say, I, there's nothing wrong. I, I quite enjoy Mount's performance. I think he mm. comes over... As uh, the persona that he portrays is great, he, he does come over as a leader. But um, fair play to answer now, I think he really does polish a turd with what he's been given to work with. Absolutely, he does. And, I mean, yeah, I just, I'll cannot, agree. just can't believe how bad that episode was when I watched it again. And that was an episode that I did like. I, just, oh. I mean, what does that what does that say to you when it's an episode that you do like and you struggle to watch it on a second viewing? Well, I mean, it tells me that the, I know other people say like Discovery, but to me, if it doesn't stand up to a second viewing, it's got absolutely no shelf life, you know. I think... Um, absolutely no shelf life at all. There's episodes from TNG and DS9 and Voyager I could watch again and again. I, I genuinely think as... I mean, I watched it again myself as well uh, for the purposes of this episode. I mean, I've recently watched the, the, the movies, the Abrams movies, where we're going to segue onto that in to a Sorry? Sorry? Uh, I say we've Sorry? Got, yes, we are going there. We are going there, Gregor. Stop trying to... You're not going into a tunnel. Your internet's fine. No. We are discussing, and we, I mean, we are sort of going off. It's okay, I've saved the, I've saved the battery. The dilithium's fine. It's okay. Carry on. <laughs> we are talking about Pike, which does mean, unfortunately, we have to go there. Yes, okay. it, it's restricted okay. airspace okay. for you. It's like Talos Four. Okay, we're going there. We are going there. It's happening. Right. Okay. Let's go for it. Come on. Let's do it. I, if, to say that it, it's, it's a. It's not a mainstream character in that you say it's somebody that was placed in there to set up another character. I do agree with you on that. However, I um, what was the actor's name again? I think, uh, I've Bruce lost Greenwood. Him. Bruce Greenwood. Uh, to be honest with you, I think he was... Um, and this goes back to what we've said in previous episodes where we discussed the, a, the 2009 Trek. I genuinely believe the casting in those films was spot on, and that includes Bruce Greenwood as Pike. I think he does play Pike really well. Could it have done more? Yes. Could the, the character have played a bigger role in the films? Possibly so. But I genuinely do, and I can see why people have voted this as their second favourite Pike. The character holds up. Just because it's a character that sets up 
the Kirk story, it doesn't make it any less, less of an important character. It doesn't take anything away from that. Because without that, well, we wouldn't we wouldn't have the, the, the building blocks yeah, of the rest of the story. But it's back to the point I made earlier about the treatment of the character. Yeah, I, I, they have run the shot, yeah. The character and the importance of the character to Star Trek lore. You know, he's in the films for about five minutes and he gets killed after five minutes in the second one. And all he does in the first one is he says a couple of motivational things to Kirk in order to, you know, get Kirk to go to Starfleet Academy. And other than that, the writers have given him nothing to do. So, I mean, Bruce Greenwood is an excellent actor. He's been in some really good films. He's played some really good parts. He's played JFK. He was an exceptional JFK in a film called 13 Days. So they get a great actor to play a great Star Trek character. And like Anson Mount, they give him nothing. They they really gave him nothing. He was such a one-dimensional character in those films. Yeah, I mean, I think... Really disappointing. I think, to be perfectly honest with you, somebody with such gravitas as Bruce Greenwood, I think they could have, like, really, really have done more. And I think the fact that... I mean, he should have... I mean, yes, let's just remember that, okay, fair enough, Pike's character is in there, but it's not what the film's about, which is... In that respect, I, I can... I get that. But it, I think, to be honest with the first film, I don't... I, don't, I would say more... I think the way the uh, the rough shot, the disrespect uh, to the character and stuff like that, and the sh- where they could have done more of it was the second film. But the I, disrespect, I, th- the, I, th- I think, the disrespect I think... in the first film was unbelievable because to, to Star Trek canon, the disrespect to Pete was unbelievable. So he's in the first sort of 15 minutes, then he gets captured by, what's his face, Nero. Nero, yeah. And he gets tortured and turns up in a wheelchair at the end of the film. Just like they did... Pike in the menagerie, um, but then he's up and up and about in the next film, and it's like, oh look, hey, it's like G.G. Abrams being clever. Hey, we put Pike in a future. What do you think of that, Star Trek fans? Eh? eh? Yeah, I, I can I can see your yeah. argument there because let's let's yeah, just remind I know what ourselves. I'm doing. <laughs> let's just remind ourselves for a second here that this is supposed to be a era of humanity where. Um, stuff like broken bones and ligament damage, uh, tendon damage, and to an extent uh, nerve damage and whatnot can be fixed relatively quickly with a few hours on a bio bed with medical triquarters and the wonders of 24th century science, you know what I mean? Um, So it does surprise me that he is actually indeed in a wheelchair. Um, Yeah, but this is back back to what they've done to Pike in the menagerie. Yeah. This is back. This is when I'm getting senior. Because Pike, have you seen the menagerie, or do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I have seen the menagerie. Yes, uh, that's where yeah, Spock on. hijacks the Enterprise to get Pike back to Talos Four, so that he can have some sort of life. Okay. So the thing is, the thing that I'm saying about disrespecting the character is at the end of the first Jar Jar Trek, when Kirk and Spock are getting the rewards in the Star Wars like rewards ceremony that's at the end of Star Wars or New Hope. This Kirk Pike turns up in a wheelchair and it's J.J. Abrahams being clever saying, hey, look, Star Trek fans, remember the menagerie and Pike was in the wheelchair and couldn't talk, eh? We've got him in a wheelchair here. We know what we're talking about, eh? eh? And ain't we clever? No, you're not. You're just not because he turned up normal again. I think, So you, you know, never portrayed him as someone that's to say that was badly injured for life and couldn't recover. You just, oh, look, let's have Pike in a wheelchair. That'll be great. Fans will love it. I, th- I think, just, yeah. Just, just do stuff for the sake of doing it. Fans will love it. They're Star Trek fans. So, okay then. Well, let's 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 see. We, we've we've clearly established uh, our differences on this particular subject. 
Me personally, um, I, I think. I don't, it, think I don't think we've got many differences. We've not got many differences, but they are they are there. But they are there. I mean, I I did actually, unlike yourself, I did enjoy rewatching the the episode of Discovery, if memory serves. Ironically, I forgot it for a second there. <laughs> Do you know what annoys me watching is, apart from the lens player, right? Oh, I was watching it and I was like, I was watching this and I could just sure. imagine you just... Apart cringing. from the lens player, the show looks great. That's what me, that's what really annoys me. Apart from the lens player, which is excessive and unnecessary, the show looks great. We're watching it again in HD today and the lighting's, apart from the lens flare, the lighting's great, the sets are great. It counted along the at home. The photography's great, the use of wide-angle lenses is great, the show looks great. This is what annoys me. Spend some money on writing. Instead of lens flares. Instead of lens flares. <laughs> How do they can see what, what they're doing on that ship, I do not know. To be perfectly honest. lens flares everywhere. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean, I actually don't mind the lens flares because it actually does one thing. It actually does a good thing for us because it means you don't go anywhere near threshold when you're talking about lens flares. <laughs> well, the good thing about threshold is there's no lens flare in it. But we've not spoken about Menagerie Pike, who's the second best pike. The best pike's Jeffrey Hunter. Yes. The second best pike is Menagerie Pike. The third best pike is Anson Mount. Well, I would put Anson Mount and Bruce Greenwood third equal, and they have... Mm. Both of them have all my sympathies because they do a great job with what they've been given. Yeah, and I think, to be honest with you, that makes them brilliant. I mean, but I do kind of get what you're saying about the menagerie and that even with the fact, you know, there's very little dialogue in the in the film from them and the character sits in the chair, bleeps, yes or no, bleep, 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 bleep. But it's the rest of... written and answered, (laughs) But the point is, is that the the surrounding stories, the surrounding actors and the the writing that they got set the scene for that. And and that's where I can say, wait, I I can see where you would say what you're saying. Personally, I think that overall, I'm putting Anson Mount at the top because uh, his pike purely because of what you just said a minute ago that they bring it they work they take what they're given however good or bad it may be everybody's got an opinion but they take what they're given they run with it and they make it work they really drag it had it been anybody else another different actor i don't think it would have stood up as well as what it did but Anson brings it. So Anson for me is at the top, closely followed by Jeffrey Hunter. And as good as Bruce Greenwood is as Pike in the films, he is in third place for me in that respect. Just just because I don't feel I feel that he didn't get enough. You don't uh, see much of him. You don't see much of him. Now, if I was to look at them on individual standings, they're all on equal par because they all bring something to the table to their respective portrayals of the ca- the characters. So, But yeah, as far as the character is concerned, my favourite is Pike from Discovery. Then it's Jeffrey Hunter's The Original Series Pike course. Now, you, it did actually, before Discovery, it did used to be the original series Pike. And, but unfortunately, J.J. Abrams' Trek is still at the bottom as far as my... Which one would I rather watch? If I had a choice between the three, Discovery original series or, and then the movie four pikes four pikes you missed out menagerie pike still original series pay attention different actor though wasn't <laughs> jeffrey hunter that played him no that's still true a different act but all he did was sit in that chair and go beep 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 the whole episode so i can't, <laughs> I can't really call it acting to be fair. okay no 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 uh, that's unfair that's unfair there is the facial expression jeffrey hunter's in that episode as well Yes, I do believe so. Because they do use the material from the cage. They do, yes. So what I, I would say, I'm not going to pick a favourite pike. What I would say is if they can get 
and this is the big if, if they can get the writing right for Strange New Worlds, I would like to see Anson Mount as Pike, but they need to get the writing right. That brings me nicely on to something I would like to close uh, with. Um, now, we have waxed lyrical about the acting abilities of the people who played Pike, which we both agree every single one of them knocked it out of the park. With you know, They did brilliantly with what they had. Uh, they are products of their time. Brilliant. Every single one of them. Um, but if you had to pick anybody now, you can't can't pick what we've already got. If you had to pick anybody to play the part of Pike, it could be a famous person, it could be somebody that's not even an actor, it could be one of your pals. I, it doesn't matter. If you could pick one person to play Pike, who would you pick? Angelina Jolie. Wow. Okay, a female Pike. <laughs> Oh, that, that was one hell of a curl, Bill. Uh, please show your working out. Why would you pick Angelina Jolie as a... Or are we allowed, um, are we allowed to do that on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Who would be a good pick? That's a good question. Other than the ones that have already played it. Um, so it is a tough question, isn't I it? Don't, I don't know. I'd have to have a think about that. Oh well, it, oh, we, we can we can go back to this and see who you've thought about. But let's put you on the spot. We Ma- need an answer. How about Martin Comston. Martin Comston. Okay. Um, let's see. Who would who would I go? Who would I pick as a as a Pike? I mean, it is a difficult one to think about actually when you when you've got somebody as good as Anson Mount doing it. Um, I would. I, in awesome, I'd actually go with Whacking Phoenix. I'd I'd, I'd I'd say Whacking Phoenix would uh, would do it. I think he'd do it good. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely well, go with. Another one I think would be good would be Russell Crowe, just for when Kurtzman hands him some shit on a bit of paper and Crow goes, you expecting me to read this shit? And then punches his lights out. <laughs> For a second there, I thought when you went Russell Crowe, I thought you was going to say because of his excellent portrayal in Master and Commander, but um, which is about the only good film I can watch of his, by the way. Uh, but that's a different uh, different conversation. Never different. seen it. it, it Never isn't seen a, it's that a good one. film. I, I, I do enjoy that. But, but yeah, I mean... I, I, We'll have a think about that. And, and to be honest with you, anybody who's still... Anyone who agrees with me, put your comments below. I'd like to see if anyone agrees with me. Yes, that we would we would definitely like to see if anybody... And uh, if you don't agree with him, his handle on Twitter is at KrabbitGinger. <laughs> I'll happily have that chat on Twitter. Explain to you how you're wrong. Oh, believe me, if you think you are up to the challenge of getting into an argument with Gregor Cameron, then please do, because I would love to see that Twitter feed. That it would be amazing. But just remember, folks, we are a positive podcast. Set phases to positive. We, on the show at least, keep it civil. So uh, that being said, uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Mr. Crabbit Ginger, what have you been up to? What would you like to say? Here's the bit where we do our little plugs and self-promote been, and try. Uh, not been up to much. Uh, still, I've changed jobs, so I've got a lot of reading to do with that. So I'm still do catching up with all the new things that I need to learn and my new job and all that sort of thing. But I did defrost the freezer today and mop the kitchen floor. So, Which, as we've discussed, it was marginally better than watching The Memory Serves. Which was better than watching If Memory Serves, yeah. It was more Remind. pleasurable. Well, guys, myself, as personally, I am still plodding on. I am still driving around in circles around East Lothian and getting the wonderful people of East Lothian and Edinburgh to where they need to be when they need to be there. 
apart from that, guys, we are currently working on our latest podcast. <laughs> um, that being said, guys, we are working on that. It is uh, our, well, my run-through, my first full end-to-end run-through of Deep Space Nine. Um, along the way, I will learn new things. I will discover episodes and story arcs that I didn't know about or did know about but didn't fully understand in Gregor Cameron, who is on this side of me, um, is going to be guiding me through that the whole way. And and he's so far we've uh, he's quite enjoying discussing Deep Space Nine with me because you've never really been able to do that with me, have you? No, I haven't. No, because you've never watched it. And this will be my fourth run through of the whole thing. I've dip in and out of episodes all the time, but in terms of watching it from start to end, this will be my fourth run through. I'm looking forward to you seeing Move Along Home as one of the classics. I've that heard about be... this one. Is yeah. this this is this is Deep Space Nine's version of Threshold, isn't it? This is their lemon episode. Yeah. Yes, this is Deep Space Nine's Threshold. But then there's a couple like that. The Muse well, is like that and uh, Profit and Lace. We will, we will, like I say, we will get into that. Um, and when when we do release it next year, it will be released as a weekly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we will be doing that. Um, and like I say, what we're going to be doing in the next episode of Spock the Week, the James T. Kirk. Uh, this could be a this could be a long episode. This could be a couple of episodes. Ooh, there is so much. One. We will revisit these characters on numerous occasions, but we'll we'll get the initial one. We'll, what we'll do is we will be talking about the original series, first season, the initial introduction of Kirk, um, and then we'll see where that goes. So next time on Spot the Week, we will do uh, Captain Kirk. Well, we won't. Sarah might, but we won't. Is Sarah involved if you want to talk about Captain Kirk? Well, yeah, we will definitely get to... I think, I think to be honest with you, right, I think he's such a big character. He has such a big influence on Star Trek and what comes thereafter and, and whatnot. So I think definitely we'll, we'll get a few guys on um, and we will have a group discussion about Kirk. I think that... What do you think? That's, that sounds like a plan? That sounds like a plan. Yeah, group session with Kirk. A few people will be up for that. I think I definitely think we can get some interest in that. So that being said, guys, that's enough from me. Sadly... For all you lovely fans, that's enough from the skewered Tribble and Gregor Cameron. Live long and a prosper. Unicorn. Is it a unicorn? Oh, unicorn. Gregor. It's a unicorn. Does your, does your mum and dad know? I don't know. Sarah, she likes purple. Look, she's even got a, Stop. Phone. She's got a purple Stop. phone cover. Stop kidding on it, Sarah's. Stop. You've got the hooves and everything, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to dress up like that now. Sarah's away for a walk, so I'm going to get dressed as a unicorn for her coming home. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you guys for staying along so much. We will see you uh, with our Captain Kirk episode. Remember, set phases to positive. Live long and prosper. Thank you for listening to Sparkle Week. Tune in next week for more Sparkle Week action and never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast on the catcher that you are listening to us on. If you want to follow us on Twitter, then you can find us at Spock the Week. Drop us a message, tell us how we're doing, or make a suggestion. We're welcome to all input from all our fans. So don't hesitate to get in touch and follow us on Twitter and on our Facebook page as well. Why not join us in 10 Forward if you like what we do and want to say thank you? The link for our 
coffee page is in the show notes so please check that out and uh, hopefully we'll see you there if not we will see you next week live long and prosper it's up to you as long as you come back next week and listen to us once again we'll be happy to have you back live long and prosper